0: Section 29 of The Story of King Arthur and His Knights. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information, or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Dominic Trice. Chapter 3rd How Sir Pellias Did Battle with Sir Engamore, otherwise the Knight of the Green Sleeves, and of what befell the Lady Ettard. Now Sir Pellius and his party, and the damsel Parsonet and her party, traveled onward, until after a while in the afternoon they came unto the utmost boundaries of the forest, where the woodlands ceased altogether, and many fields and meadows, with farms and crofts and plantations of trees all abloom with tender leaves and fragrant blossoms, lay spread out beneath the sky. And Sir Pellius said, This is indeed a very beautiful land into which we have come whereat the damsel Parsonet was right well pleased. For she said, Sir, I am very glad that that which thou seest belikes thee, for all this region belongeth unto the Lady Ettard, and it is my home. Moreover, from the top of yonder hill one mayest behold the castle of Grant Mesnel, which lieth in the valley beneath. Then Sir Pellias said, Let us make haste, for I am wonderfully desirous of beholding that place so they set spurs to their horses and rode up that hill at a hand gallop and when they had reached the top thereof lo beneath them lay the castle of grant Mesnel in such a wise that it was as though upon the palm of a hand and sir pellias beheld that it was an exceedingly fair castle built altogether without of a red stone and containing many buildings of red brick within the wall and behind the walls there lay a little town and from where they stood they could behold the streets thereof, and the people coming and going upon their businesses. So Sir Pellius, beholding the excellence of that castle, said, "'Sertes, maiden, yonder is a very fair estate.' "'Yea,' said Parsonet, "'we who dwell there do hold it to be a very excellent estate.' Then Sir Pellius said to Parsonet, "Maiden, yonder glade of young trees nigh unto the castle appeareth to be a very cheerful spot.' wherefore at that place i and my companions in arms will take up our inn there likewise we will cause to be set up three pavilions for to shelter us by day and by night meantime i beseech of thee that thou wilt go unto the lady thy mistress and say unto her that a knight hath come unto this place who albeit he knoweth her not holdeth that the lady guinevere of camelot is the fairest lady in all of the world and i beseech thee to tell the lady that i am here to maintain that saying against all comers at the peril of my body wherefore if the lady have any champion for to undertake battle in her behalf him will i meet in yonder field to-morrow at midday a little before i eat my midday meal for at that time i do propose for to enter into yonder field and to make parade therein until my friends bid me for to come in to my dinner and i shall take my stand in that place in honour of the lady guinevere of camelot sir pellias said the damsel i will even do as thou desirest of me and though i may not wish that thou mayest be the victor in that encounter yet i am soothly sorry for to depart from thee for thou art both a very valiant and a very gentle knight and i find that i have a great friendship for thee then sir pellias laughed and he said parcenet thou art minded to give me praise that is far beyond my deserving and Parsonet said Sir, not so, for thou dost deserve all that I may say to thy credit. Thereupon they twain took leave of one another with very good will and much kindness of intention. And the maiden in the three pages went the one way, and Sir Pellius and his two companions and the several attendants they had brought with them went into the glade of young trees as Sir Pellius had ordained. And there they set up three pavilions in the shade of the trees, the one pavilion of fair white cloth, the second of green cloth, and the third of scarlet cloth. And over each pavilion they had set a banner emblazoned with the device of that knight unto whom the pavilion appertained. Above the white pavilion was the device of Sir Pellius, to wit, three swans displayed upon a field argent. Above the red pavilion, which was the pavilion of Sir Brandelis, was a red banner emblazoned with his device, to wit, a mailed hand holding in its grasp a hammer above the green pavilion which was that of sir mador de la porte was a green banner bearing his device which was that of a carrion crow holding in one hand a white lily flower and in the other a sword so when the next day had come and when midday was nigh at hand sir pellias went forth into that field before the castle as he had promised to do and he was clad all from head to foot in the red armour which he had taken from the body of sir Adresac, so that in that armor he presented a very terrible appearance so he rode up and down before the castle walls for a considerable while crying out in a loud voice what ho what ho here stands the knight of king arthur's court and of his round table who doth affirm and is ready to maintain the same with his body that the lady guinevere king arthur's queen of camelot is the most beautiful lady in all the world barring none whomsoever Wherefore, if any knight maintaineth otherwise, let him away come forth for to defend his opinion with his body. Now, after Sir Pellias had thus appeared in that meadow, there fell a great commotion within the castle, and many people came upon the walls thereof and gazed down upon Sir Pellias, where he paraded that field. And after a time had passed, the drawbridge of the castle was let fall, and there issued forth a knight, very huge of frame and exceedingly haughty of demeanor. This knight was clad altogether from head to foot in green armor, and upon either arm he wore a green sleeve, whence he was sometimes entitled the Knight of the Green Sleeves. So that Green Knight rode forward toward Sir Pellias, and Sir Pellias rode forward unto the Green Knight, and when they had come together they gave salute with a great deal of civility and knightly courtesy. Then the Green Knight said unto Sir Pellias, Sir knight, wilt thou allow unto me the great favor for to know thy name? Whereunto Sir Pellias made reply that i will so i am sir pelleas a knight of king arthur's court and of his round table then the green knight made reply ha huh, sir pelleas it is a great honor for me to have to do with so famous a knight for who is there in courts of chivalry who hath not heard of thee now if i have the good fortune for to overthrow thee then will all thy honor become my honor now in return for thy courtesy for making proclamation of thy name i give unto thee my name and title which is sir engamore of Malverat, further known as the knight of the green sleeves and i may furthermore tell thee that i am the champion unto the lady ettard of Grant Mesnel, and that i have defended her credit unto peerless beauty for eleven months and that against all comers wherefore if i do successfully defend it for one month longer then do i become lord of her hand and of all this fair estate so i am prepared to do the uttermost in my power in her honor then sir pellias said sir knight i give thee gramercy for thy words of greeting and i too will do my uttermost in this encounter thereupon each knight saluted the other with his lance and each rode to his appointed station now a great concourse of people had come down to the lower walls of the castle and of the town for to behold the contest of arms that was toward wherefore it would be hard to imagine a more worthy occasion where knights might meet in a glorious contest of friendly jousting wherefore each knight prepared himself in all ways and dressed him his spear and his lance with great care and circumspection so when all had been prepared for that encounter an herald who had come forth from the castle into the field gave the signal for assault thereupon in an instant each knight drave spurs into his horse and rushed the one against the other with such terrible speed that the ground shook and trembled beneath the beating of their horses feet so they met exactly in the centre of the field of battle the one knight smiting the other in the midst of his defences with a violence that was very terrible to behold and the spear of sir engamore burst into as many as thirty pieces but the spear of sir Pellias held so that the green knight was hurtled so violently from out of his saddle that he smote the earth above a spear's length behind the crupper of his horse now when those who had stood upon the walls beheld how entirely the green knight was overthrown in the encounter they lifted up their voices in great outcry for there was no other such knight as sir engamore in all those parts and more especially did the lady ettard make great outcry for Sir Angamore was very much beloved by her. Wherefore, seeing him so violently flung down upon the ground, she deemed that perhaps he had been slain. Then three esquires ran to Sir Angamore, and lifted him up, and unlaced his helm for to give him air, and they beheld that he was not slain, but only in a deep swoon. So by and by he opened his eyes, and at that Sir Pellius was right glad, for it would have grieved him had he slain that knight. Now when Sir Angamore came back to his senses once more, he demanded with great vehemence that he might continue that contest with Sir Pellius afoot and with swords. But Sir Pellius would not have it so. Nay, Sir Angamore, quoth he, I will not fight thee so serious a quarrel as that, for I have no such despite against thee. And at that denial Sir Angamore fell a-weeping from pure vexation and shame of his entire overthrow. Then came Sir Brandalise and Sir Mador de la Porte, and gave Sir Pellias great acclaim for the excellent manner in which he had borne himself in the encounter. And at the same time they offered consolation unto Sir Engamore, and comforted him for the misfortune that had befallen him. But Sir Engamore would take but little comfort in their words. Now whiles they thus stood all together, there issued out from the castle the Lady Ettard, and an exceedingly gay and comely court of esquires and ladies and these came across the meadow toward where Sir Pellius and the others stood. Then when Sir Pellius beheld that lady approach, he drew his misericordia, and cut the thongs of his helmet, and took the helmet off of his head, and thus he went forward bareheaded for to meet her. But when he had come nigh to her, he beheld that she was many times more beautiful than that image of her painted upon the ivory panel which he had aforetime beheld, wherefore his heart went forth unto her with a very great strength of liking so therewith he kneeled down upon the grass and set his hands together palm to palm before her and he said lady i do very greatly crave thy forgiveness that i should thus have done battle against thy credit for excepting that i did that endeavour for my queen i would rather in another case have been thy champion than that of any lady whom i have ever beheld now at that time sir pellias wore about his neck the colour of emeralds and opal stones and gold which the lady of the lake had given to him wherefore when the lady ettard looked upon him that necklace drew her heart unto him with very great enchantment wherefore she smiled upon sir pellias very cheerfully and gave him her hand and caused him to rise from that place where he kneeled and she said to him sir knight thou art a very famous warrior for i suppose there is not anybody who knoweth aught of chivalry but hath heard of the fame of sir pellias the gentle knight wherefore though my champion sir angamore of Malverat, hath heretofore overthrown all comers yet he need not feel very much ashamed to have been overthrown by so terribly strong a knight then sir pellias was very glad of the kind words which the lady Etard spake unto him and therewith he made her known unto sir Brandeles and sir mador de la porte unto these knights also the lady Etard spake very graciously being moved thereto by the extraordinary regard she felt toward sir pellias so she besought those knights that they would come into the castle and refresh themselves with good cheer and with that the knights said that they would presently do so wherefore they returned each knight unto his pavilion and there each bedight himself with fine raiment and with ornaments of gold and silver in such a fashion that he was noble company for any court then those three knights betook themselves unto the castle of Grantmesnil, and when they had come thither everybody was astonished at the nobility of their aspect but Sir Engamore, who had by now recovered from his fall, was greatly cast down, for he said unto himself, Who am I in the presence of these noble lords? So he stood aside, and was very downcast of heart, and oppressed in his spirits. Then the Lady Ettard set a very fine feast, and Sir Pellias and Sir Brandiles and Sir Mador de la Porte, were exceedingly glad thereof. And upon her right hand she placed Sir Pellias, and upon her left hand she placed Sir Engamore, and Sir angamore was still more cast down, for until now he had always sat upon the right hand of the Lady Etterd. Now, because Sir Pellias wore that wonderful collar which the Lady of the Lake had given unto him, the Lady Etterd could not keep her regard from him. So after they had refreshed themselves and had gone forth into the castle plaisance for to walk in the warm sunshine, the Lady would have Sir Pellias continually beside her. And when it came time for those four knights to quit the castle, she besought Sir Pellias that he would stay a while longer. Now Sir Pellius was very glad to do that, for he was pleased beyond measure with the graciousness and the beauty of the Lady Ettard. So, by and by, Sir Brandelis and Sir Mador de la Porte went back unto their pavilions, and Sir Pellius remained in the castle of Grant Mesnel for a while longer. End of section 29 Recording by Dominic Trace.